How's it going, everybody? Coming at you Sunday evening. This will be for Monday morning, so good morning or good afternoon, depending when you listen to the show. Start out first with the big news that we that just hit me this morning, or when I noticed it. I believe I noticed it this morning when I was looking at the standings. Dino Dan is two and one. He's gonna most likely fall to two and two, but the fact that he grabbed a win last week is we've talked about in the past, and in baseball league and in in our football league. We've seen it where sometimes guys get a point and a half, two points, or they lose it, give or take a few from a fumble, from uh, a taking a sack away or an assist, tackle, whatever the case may be. And we've had that happen multiple times, but it's never really resulted in a game. It might make a game from three points to one, but never changing the outcome. I believe this is the first time that I can remember a game's outcome being changed afterwards. You know, we might go to bed with, you know, Nick could have had a 121 to 119 lead. Sunday evening, woke up Monday and was losing, or the game tied. Uh, Steve and I had that in our baseball league. But the outcome wasn't official. This is the first time we've had it where it took itself at least till. That's why I mentioned last year we almost had this. And I did mention, you know, until you see that W, until the next game, that following Sunday morning, don't count the win if it's that close. You usually want to avoid those close games. And you can't help it. You know, there's nothing you can do. You set your roster and the outcome comes. But... Dino Dan, yeah, picked it up. Both, like I said, Dino Dan was a great sport in the loss, and he was a great sport in the win, and vice versa. Nick came back and was, you know, congratulating him. So big win for Dino Dan. Makes his uh, game this week a little easier if he does lose. Let's check Dino Dan's score. Yeah, 70-123. to 123. He's going to end up losing that one. Uh, I believe Elijah still has another guy left. So makes it a little more tolerable. It's much easier being 2-2 two and two after four games than 1-3. and three. And meantime, Nick's team is not going to be able to pull that one out. He's the lowest scoring team for the week. He had a tough week. Michelle, I mean, Williams, he didn't switch out, but everyone else that played, nobody broke 20 points. So if you get that, you know, unless you have a team of everyone on the roster breaking 19 each, then you got a better shot. But if if not, for the most case, you're pretty much done. And Steve's team really went off today. Nick Chubb, 43 points all by himself, almost equaling Nick's total team. But scanning the games, not many are up for grabs tomorrow night. We see almost every game. I'm going through them right now. I think we have Jose's game. Matt has 158.3, and Jose has 136. He has Tyler Boyd on the season going on the Monday night game, which should be a shootout. None of the defenses are great. Steelers are a little better defense, but none of them are great. He is Boyd's averaging 18 points a game this season, so he does have a shot with his highest point total being 27 and it's going to take a game similar to that for Jose to catch up if he gets what is it 36 if he gets 23 you know you want to clear it by more than a one but like we said the highest point for Boyd is 27 if he pulls his highest point total for the season Jose should be looking at his second victory of the season over Matt and that that's a very respectable game if they both break 150 anytime you get that that's a, a solid game right there we saw the Seagulls they still have another guy left but Melvin Gordon didn't do anything today. He was it's, it's so frustrating when you see a guy come back like that and you think, you know, maybe he'll get some touches, some goal line touches. He didn't get anything. Christian still has a Steelers defense, but he it's almost these are the situations where if you're Christian, you know, I can't speak for him. Just me personally, I'd rather have have you know, I you want the Steelers. He still wants the Steelers. You want to go out there and do the best. You want to get as many points as you can 
for any kind of tiebreaker. So it's not like you're going to go, well, you know what? I got 90. I don't care if the Steelers get five. I lost either way. No, you'd still like the Steelers to see them get 30. So Christian can break near 120, maybe even 40 if they have a great game against the Bengals. You're hoping for something like that because you know the game's out of reach, but you want as many points as you can. With Jacob's team coming to 170, once again, his team is just dominating. But you look at his roster, Watson 13, Kamara surprisingly 11. I thought for sure this Cowboys-Saints game, we'll talk about that in a second, was going to be a much more offense involved. Cook with his worst performance of the season with 18, yet he's still going to come away with 170 points. Well, he's got 63 from his defense combined, his defensive player and his defense. 43 for the Patriots. Great game. They've been helping Jacob now. We'll see if he does. Let's see. Where's Austin's game? No, Austin's going to outscore him. So Austin's going to continue to hold over him and Brian. Austin will continue to be the highest-scoring team in the league. And it does well balance itself out as Austin, impressive, very impressive win over the 3-0 Brian. Um, we'll get in more in the game. I'll have the recap video, and then we'll talk about this on future podcasts. But right now I'm just talking about tonight's game, talking about the win for Dino Dan over Nick. And I was going to talk about – we could talk about Steve, who's on on a rampage at tearing everyone everyone's team down. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, the Niners have a bye weeks, and they're 3-0. I was disappointed because I really wanted the Niners and Rams to go heads up undefeated. That would have just added, you know, that would have just been whipped cream on top of the Sunday even more uh, to add to that matchup. But either way, it's exciting. Steve, the way he keeps talking, is just going to help it build more drama. So we'll see. We'll see. You know, I'm not going to get into the logic of because this team beat this team. We all know matchups. Do you really think the Bucks are that good of a team? They jumped out to a 21 nothing lead. The Rams looked like they were not prepared. I think they were outcoached the first half at least. And I think that the Rams made a comeback, as I expected. But I didn't know if they, they would win it. But the defense looked really good. You know, They made some turnovers. The defense did what they had to do. Goff made some bad reads, but still threw for 500 yards. It was, a, it was an enjoyable game. Even as a fan of the Rams that lost, I still enjoyed most parts of the game. Um, Goodwin. Oh, I'm so excited. I Goodwin, I did not play. I had him at maybe like on Monday and Tuesday thinking of playing him. But when he hurt his uh, leg during the week and they said a possibility, there was no way I was going to hold on to him because if I was not playing Robert Woods. was never going to play Robert Woods. He's just been too inconsistent in that Rams offense. I never know what's going on. Um, but I was had plans of maybe playing Goodwin. And once he was hurt, there's no way. Because if, if Goodwin didn't play, then I was stuck having to play Woods. I would much rather play Marquise Brown, who had a terrible game. The whole Ravens offense, Lamar uh, Jackson got it going later. But for that part, most part, yeah, it was not not no disappointment when Goodwin scored. You know, it was like, oh, man, I w- had he been healthy, it would have been great because then I would have had him in. But there's no way. You don't chance it in fantasy because he can go in even when I heard he was playing I'd already played Brown, but I'm I'm just not going to chance that because you've seen guys who go, yeah, you know what, I'm going to tough through it. And then in the first quarter, they get hurt on that that thigh or that knee or they can't go, and then they're out the rest of the game and you take a big zero. So bad strategy. I played the strategy and I would do it again the next day. But great game for Godwin. So I'm so excited that Godwin had a monster game. I'm, I'm glad Robert Woods did. You know, it's it's always good, like I said, when your bench – I mean, my bench almost outscored my starting roster. So that's always an exciting thing. I don't look down upon it. I'm happy. But that's the other game. We got Jose tomorrow has a chance with Tyler Boyd. If he gets it, he can pull a big win over 
Matt's team, and Matt's team has rebounded from struggling after their first game where their offense didn't look good. Since then, he's been a, a very consistent offense, going over 150 every game. Jose's team continues to be so solid, getting in the average of 140 to 150 a week. It's going to take him almost 160 to pull this one out. So that'll be cool, a Bengal receiver, and then Eric's game and my game going heads up. Right now, a uh, 22-point lead for my team. Eric, he's got got to be feeling good going with Juju. you got to think in that bad Bengals defense, Juju himself could break. If, if Eric just had Juju, you would feel comfortable if I was Eric, but to have John Ross as well. And the Steelers, Ross, eh, he didn't do anything much last week, but he's had two incredible games. All he needs is Ross to go out there, get him seven to eight points. He can get 10 points easily because A.J. Green, especially with A.J. Green being gone, the Bengals are going to have to throw. Then you got Juju, who's been the most consistent weapon on that offense. James Conner hasn't done much. If you just take what he, you know, he's got 18, 13, 13. This is, that was against a good Niner defense, a respectable Seahawk defense, and a great New England defense. So you can't really put too much against Juju. So either way, you know, he goes, if each guy gets 12, he's going to beat me. Or no, no, he'd come close to it. Um, oh yeah, he would, he would, if each guy gets 12. So that'll be cool to see tomorrow. We got a game. It's always fun when the Monday night games, uh, come down to it to help influence a game one way or another. So good luck, Eric. That'll be something uh, everyone will be watching for. If you played Aaron Rodgers, you would have already won. That was the tough, see, that's tougher for Eric than me. I, I wasn't planning really like never playing Woods, Godwin, uh, that would have been a possibility, once he was injured earlier in the week, no way. So I don't kick myself for that. I played the team I thought would do best, and they did not. The Packers' defense is what really killed me. They really – you can survive with Marquise Brown, six points. Fitzgerald and Cooper didn't do anything. That that whole game tonight, the Saints and Cowboys, last year when they played in Dallas, it was more of an offensive show and a butt-kicking, but both teams still had some offensive numbers. Tonight was good defense, but then some unimaginative play call. I just didn't see a lot of – uh, great offense, and I don't think both these defenses are stellar. Watch next week. Watch the Bucks and Saints. Now, if the Buc the Saints hold the Bucks to ten points or thirteen points or whatever, just like Dallas tonight, then you'll say, okay, we know the Saints have a solid defense. We know they can force turnovers and play really good. But the same defense played the Bucks last year with Fitzpatrick and got lit up. So, who knows? That's why tonight it was disappointment. You know, I really think that the Cowboys should have came out and uh, performed a little better. I'm so sick of, for both teams, these flags. Am I the only one who, when I watch a fantasy football, or fantasy football, when I watch a game now and you see a guy score, you can't even really celebrate like you used to because you're waiting to hear, up. Oh, there's a flag on the play. It seems like every other play, there's a flag on the play. There's a flag on the play. Oh, your guy got a touchdown. Oh, there's a flag on the play. And it's just like, my goodness, you can't even get to the point you celebrate. They're, they're missing, if you saw that Rams game today, there was one play where, uh, not Donald, one of the Rams, maybe Brocker, somebody had a hand right in the Buccaneers guy's throat. And it was so obvious. And I know refs can't catch everything. It was so obvious. And they didn't flag it. But then you'll go see something less egregious and on the opposite side of the field where it really has no effect on the play. And the ref flags it. And you're like, man, can we let some of these things slide? I know you got to call what you see, but how do you miss some of the most obvious penalties? And like I said, it was against the Rams. I had no problem them calling it. You want them to call the, the penalty that makes a difference in the game, makes a difference in the play. If you want to call every little single thing, then you have to get more refs, in my opinion. You need to get 
another back judge or another back judge ref, another ref right in the by the linebackers, and they're just going to get in the way. But that's the only way you're going to get if you're going to call everything. If you're just going to go, well, we'll call these, but then you call all these little ticky tack ones. I mean, some of them tonight, even the Saints one, I'm like, they called it against the Saints, against the Cowboys. There was no hold, there was no illegal contact. I don't know what's going on with the pass interference. I've yet to see, I think only one, and that might have been the Titans game, was overturned. And yet you clearly see pass interference on some of these games. That Eagles-Packers, there was one where it was either Adams or Allison went up for a pass, and the Eagle DB had his hand, his palm, in uh, MBS or whoever the receiver was for the Packers, had his palm in his jaw and pushing his head back as the ball hit his right arm. So he didn't even see it when the ball hit him. That is 100% pass interference. The ref should have seen it, should have flagged it. He didn't. Okay, then we add the replay in, right, to make the Saints and all the Saints fans happy. And what do they do? They challenge it, and they didn't overturn it. It's almost like the refs are going, well, you know what? We're going to just stick with our original call just to screw you, yet we're going to come out and make some of the most ridiculous phantom or unbelievable penalty calls on the other plays. It's just it's, it's making it hard to enjoy some of the games where if it has fantasy implications or if it just has you want a good game. I mean, it's like I said, to the Seahawks-Cardinals. I told you I was watching a lot of that game too. And man, it feels like every other play, every, every, every drive has to have two flags. Every drive has to have two flags if it goes anything besides three and out. And even then, sometimes it is. But the Cardinals, every time they would get a big first down or something would happen, there was a flag. And half the time you look at it and you're like, what am I looking at? I don't see it. Yet you could see clear holding on other plays, no flag. No flag. And, and it would be a hold on, on a, a play where they created a hole for the running back to run through. So the penalty, literally the penalty that was not called m- impacted the play and it's not called and yet vice versa the other way. So driving me nuts. I don't know if I'm the only one. Let me know if you agree with me. You could send out a text. If you're seeing the same thing I am or am I just seeing too much? I just feel like it's just happening all the time and the, this instant replay challenge with the pass interference is a waste of time because it 99% have not been overturned. And even when you could see that it should be, it's not being overturned. So yeah, the money, the this game should have seen more offense. I would have liked to seen uh, Kamara. He had some good runs, but not enough. Uh, the defenses for both teams are good, but I just never felt like either team got in a rhythm, and it made for a very boring game. You know, there's defensive games. There's there's solid defenses performance where you see some good sacks or you see not a lot deflections, and you're like, oh man, what an exciting play! What a good game. Some of my all-time favorite hockey games have been one nothing because of great goaltending. Not the one nothing where it's, you know, 12 saves to 10 saves. That's when it's just bad offense, bad management. When you might see a goalie get 32 saves, 36 saves. It, I've seen plenty of games where I enjoyed the crap out of the game and it was one nothing. So I don't mind that. It doesn't need just like in football. I don't need to see the scoring. The final score could be 13-10 or 12-10 and I still enjoy the game. But this just didn't feel like it ever had a rhythm. It, it And it, look at the Saints. Every time, third and one, convert, third and one, convert, third and one, convert, and then they'd punt or get a field goal. It just didn't ever get anything going. And I don't know if it was just vanilla play calling. Uh, Austin, you talked about how you hate your team playing on primetime. You could try doing what I do, you know, go silent, uh, go shut your phone down to silent and don't look at any messages uh, or leave it on and put a certain ringtone. Put group text, put our group, put it on silent just for the night. 
and then maybe put a ringtone to your uh, girlfriend or your family or anything. And so you know when you hear that ringtone, it's something, and it's not going to be about sports. And you can record the game and go home and watch it later. That's what I usually do. Um, but you didn't miss much. If you're a Cowboy fan, you, like I said, there might have been times you'd have been frustrated tonight. So, yeah, that's all I got on that game tonight. Uh, there was no real huge impact. Nobody really jumped and took a giant lead. Uh, I didn't really score much. I was losing to Eric by four or five, and now I'm up by just 22. So, yeah, Zeke Zeke had a better game than Cooper, but neither of them really blew anyone out of the water. So this makes up for a great chance for Eric to get his second or third win to jump to three and one and have a th- uh, tie with Brian. Even though Brian has a better division record, doesn't matter. Still both three and one as, as of now. Eric's still in the hunt. He would be up there with my team, Brian's team, Eric at three and one. Uh, Austin, I think, would jump to two and two when he uh, went over Brian. But we would have three teams at three and one, and Jacob will be the only 4 0 team left, the only undefeated team left. So that's very cool if Eric pulls that out. Good luck to you, Eric. That's that game and Jose's game against who's Jose? May take it on Matt. That's a pretty good game, too. That'll be one to cool. Good to see if Tyler Boyd, you're hoping for a shootout because then you know Boyd and Ross and Juju can all get it. And I don't mind, trust me, I don't mind Eric winning. I like, remember, this is the commissioner talking, not not Danny, the owner of my team. My team. I can separate it at times, and, and it's best for the league to have more uh, three and one teams, more teams getting some solid wins. And yeah, so that those are the big games for tomorrow night. Uh, Let's see, what is it? Yeah, it's almost time for me to go. I didn't want to make a long podcast. If you, the, the, my last podcast, I don't know how many people listened to that one. That one was uh, just basically a, a talking about the games coming in. So there's not much to hear on there. So I figured I would talk about one tonight about tonight's game, about Dino Dan picking up the win over Nick and why. Um, talking about the, and then the games tonight, that there's still two with implications tomorrow, which is cool which is really good. And both of them are reachable. None of them are, oh, I, you know, I don't need, I don't need one guy to get 45 points, nothing crazy like that. They're both doable. So that'll be cool. And then after that, I will have a podcast for Tuesday morning with all the recaps. We can cover some of the games and I will make our weekly video Tuesday as well. Thursday, I don't believe, not that nobody sets her schedule. Dino Dan, you're the only one I know who actually told me you listen to these daily on your way to work. So this is for you. You, I probably won't have one Thursday. Um, Emerald got me tickets. She's taking me and Cindy and her and uh, her fiance, Josh. We're going to uh, the House of Blues in Anaheim. I get to see Angels and Airwaves in concert. Uh, they one of my all-time favorite groups from back in the day. And so I will, I will see that. So I probably won't make a podcast for Thursday morning, but the re- every other day, Friday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Monday, there will be one. Uh, I'm loving the league this year. I've already said all that. Anyways, I don't want to keep wasting time. Let me know if you guys enjoyed the games this weekend. Um, I, I was actually let down, to be honest, with all the games that I saw. Uh, I, did, I didn't have to work Sunday night, so I was uh, super excited. And it had fantasy implications. I had two guys in the game. Um, I was expecting not a shootout, but something where you would get, see some offensive flow, and it just seemed ugly. I was very, very excited for the Cardinal game against the Seahawks, and Kyler Murray, like I said, he he's not bad. He gets the ball, he gets the ball quick. He's got a great, great throw. He can scramble. Um, I still love watching him play, but I have to be honest. Uh, you know, I might have to. I had planned on playing Kyler Murray the next six straight weeks, but as bad as Lamar Jackson looked. 
because I did watch some of the Ravens game, um, he he at least gets some, even if it's garbage time, he gets some more rushing and he gets uh, more touchdowns and he continues to outperform uh, Kyler Murray. But it, you know how it is if you have a, a guy, you draft, I literally drafted Murray with my second pick because I plan on watching the Cardinal games, most of them. And it's exciting to have one of the players you're excited to watch and have him on fantasy. So if he does good, you're doing good. If, if he does bad though, then you're not happy. And, and he did well, but there's, like I said, there's just something with these penalties on all the games I'm watching where the flow just seems to stop. Cardinals would get a big first down penalty, come back. And it was just so ticky tack on a lot of them, but I did enjoy, uh, some of the other games, I enjoyed the Rams game, watching that. I thought uh, that was ex- that was a fun game to watch. I know it was a fun game to watch for the 49er fans. And I can't wait till we play each other in a few weeks. We'll see how that goes. We'll see if uh, Steve still keeps insulting uh, the Rams after that game. Or is he going to have an excuse why the Niners lost if they lose? So, yeah, let me know what you guys think. We got a group text. Use it. Anything you want to talk about, if you felt the refs are the same or... Um, All right, so you guys have a good Monday. I will talk to you guys soon, and we will have another podcast for Tuesday and then our video up Wednesday morning. And I am excited. I will be waking up to see the waiver wire Wednesday. We'll talk about that too as well. I mean, if you want, I can always cover uh, players on the podcast. I don't know on the waiver wire. I don't think I'll do that because everyone has different needs and different wants. So have a good day, and I hope you guys – I hope you enjoyed your Sunday. I enjoyed it. Got to watch some of the games with my kids as well. Samuel, Noah, even Samuel watched some of the game with me, the Rams, and then a little bit of the Cowboy game. So it's always fun watching sports with your sons, especially Noah. He likes it more. He loves Kyler Murray as well. He always watched the highlights with me when he was in college. And uh, he actually has a, uh, in our our family fantasy league, he has a team with Kyler Murray. We have a two-quarterback league in that one. You'd love that one, Dino Dan. We just run two quarterbacks, a running back, a wide receiver, a flex, and a defensive player. And Noah has Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray. so, And he has Barkley, his favorite player. And now Barkley's hurt, so he's bummed. But yeah, I had a great Sunday, but disappointment for the game-wise. I was really bummed with how the Browns beat the Ravens. I thought the Ravens would look better and um, play better. I was bummed with the outcome of the Cardinals game. I thought even if the Seahawks won, I thought it would be uh, more offense. Um, but just too many times, penalties slowed it down. And I was disappointed with the Sunday night game. You know, the Rams game was the only highlight, even in a loss. I at least enjoyed parts of it and thought it was pretty fun back and forth. So let me know what you guys think, and you guys have a good day. I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.